Welcome to the Center for International and Regional Studies at Georgetown University in Qatar. This episode is part of the Migrant Voices in Qatar podcast series. The project aims to highlight the life stories of migrants working in Qatar in their own words. Hello, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is Khadija. I'm a Ugandan, 29 years old, a mother of one daughter. I'm about to make two years in Qatar. Uh, here is my story. Kindly listen to it. I come in a family of eight. I'm the second last. I grew up in a single parent family. That is my mom. My dad passed on when I was uh, at the age of three years. So the whole of my life, I spent it with my mom. My mom was a cantina attendant. She used to sell eats. We survived on that. She wasn't earning a lot of money, but alhamdulillah, we used to get eats, even though it was just one meal. But we thank God because very many families out there who don't even get a meal in a day. Uh, I went in uh, public schools. The conditions in government schools in our country, they're not good at all. They're not pleasing at all. In our class, we used to be like 200, 300 in our class. So teachers could not even bother whether you understood what they're teaching or not. It's not their job. But for us as kids, it's your parents and yourself to put in interest. My mother could get a teacher during holidays to coach us. Like she could pay them a little money or give them some eats to coach us so that we're on the same pace with the clever students. And alhamdulillah, we managed to get this little English I'm speaking right now. In my childhood, I remember we used to play, we used to work as well. We never had electricity in the house. We never had uh, televisions in the house. We could go to neighbor's house and we watch TVs. But still life was good because our mom showed us the love. It's not because she never wanted to buy us a TV or to get us electricity. But financially she wasn't stable and all of us, we could see it. And besides, she wanted all of us to go to school. So we were okay with it. If we get a chance to go to the neighbor to watch a TV, well, we could watch. If it's not, again, it's okay. People could laugh at us. Sometimes we could go to school without shoes, without bags, without containers. But at the end of the term, we could come out as one of the 10 best students in class. And yet, those ones who were given uh, everything, like they could drive them at school, they could be given uh, containers, bags, new uniforms, <laughs> they could come out when they are the last students. And the childhood memories are so good. But unfortunately, my mom got a stroke, her left body part got paralyzed. With the, those experiences, it wasn't good, it wasn't pleasing at all, but we managed to go through it. Uh, I stopped in high school because of 
my mother's condition because she was the one paying her school fees. So we had to drop out me and my little sister. I had to do some housework duties like housemaid. I could go door to door washing people's clothes to earn some money and uh, also to take care of people's kids. They could leave me with kids because I love kids so much and it was my dream to be a teacher. They could give me just 1,000 Ugandan shillings, that is equivalent to one real. But they could give me lunch and then at the end of the day, I go with my 1,000. Sometimes people, if people are good, they give me 1,500 shillings, which was okay by then because I had no much responsibilities. The only thing I had was to buy some pads and other essentials like soap at home so one time i asked my mom you told us our dad went somewhere when will he come back so she told me we put him under the ground he can never come back and that thing always come back in my mind whenever i remember it i'm like oh people when they die they don't come back so that one really affected us, seeing people with their dads. Sometimes you go to the parks, see them with their dads, like you're on the road, you're on the way going to school, seeing kids with their dads, and you're like, oh, they're lucky. But still life had to go on, and I'm grateful because my mom played a very, very big role, even without a dad. She played it both, but unfortunately, she passed on, yeah, God called her, but alhamdulillah, we thank God for the years we spent with her, I'm proud of her wherever she is, may God grant her jana. So one time, when I was still in Uganda, one of my friends traveled to Jordan, to work as a housemaid. We used to communicate on my neighbor's phone, of course. We chat, she was like, you know what, you need to get a passport, you need to do this. She could tell me everything about the positive part of it so that I also get excited and process the, the documents. But unfortunately, I had no money by then. So I had to continue with life. Then afterwards, life had to hit me down until I got a boyfriend and things turned out when I was pregnant and the guy wasn't also stable at all. So he was telling me to abort, of which I said, no, I can't because I'm a Muslim and I believe I cannot kill an innocent blood. So I had to go through all my pregnancy experiences alone. Thank God I delivered a healthy baby girl. She's turning nine years next year. Alhamdulillah. I do take care of her. She's okay. I always talk to her on phone, on video call, WhatsApp, IMO. She's okay. She's living with my elder sister. Yeah. So after 
that process then i had to get some money my brother got a loan from a bank we have uh, financial institutions within the our local villages so he got a loan he was like you know what you need to get a passport life is hard this side and you also do another mistake of getting another baby if you're not careful so with that you need to go out of the country because i used to stay with him because no mom no dad so i had to stay with my brother so he was like i cannot take care of you anymore you have a baby she's almost going to school you need to have school fees i also have the kids and uh, he's also not financially stable he has a bachelor's degree in uh, business administration but ever since he graduated he has no job at all he's just doing his own things to survive in uganda even if you have papers it is so so hard to get a job it needs someone to connect you which is also very difficult because people are connecting relatives back there so he got alone i remember he had two goats and one cow he had to put it there to get money to process for the passport he was like when you reach kata inshallah I believe you will pay because coming this side people believe it is free of charge which is not true in Uganda you have to pay for visa you have to pay for air ticket and so on and so forth so I had to process for a passport it also took some good time like 6 months to get it but I was strong and I had faith So finally the passport came. I went to the agency. I registered. I went through the interviews. Alhamdulillah, I passed them. I was um, one of the first group to come in Qatar 2020. After like 4 to 5 months, I covered all the bills like the loan I left in Uganda. Then uh, after 6 months That's when I lost my beloved sister. She left seven kids. She was also a widow. Her husband passed on. So all the responsibilities now for the kids it is on us and we cannot leave them because my my sister also wanted her kids to study because she was also a dropout. So the only thing she wanted in life was her kids to be successful in studies. Yeah. Much as I've been spending a lot on people on my people my family but I still don't forget myself because I also have a future I also have a kid so alhamdulillah I've managed to get myself a small piece of land and inshallah I want in case everything goes well and I have life I want to start up a daycare center because that's my dream my dream is to be with kids now when i talk about the experiences in kata i have a lot of them both positive and negative to begin with the positive ones number one is uh, 
On the issue of health and safety in Qatar, I give it a first priority because our health is secured. The safety of this place is secured. You can leave a phone here, you go two days, three days, you find it, which is a different case in our country. You fall sick, you go for free services like medical services. Oh my goodness. In Uganda, you have to pay for it. Uh, the second thing, the positive one is uh, about salary. We receive salary in time. Even if it is a weekend, our money is always deposited there. When they ask me money at home, I'm like, you know what, today I don't have money. You can get someone around to give you like a quick loan. Towards the first week of the month, I'm going to send you the money because I'm assured I know it is always going to be there. So that one is also good on my side. Uh, the other thing is uh, other location where I'm working. People are so lovely, people are friendly. They welcome us the way we are, regardless of the jobs, regardless of the color, the language, the size. And we feel at home. They make us proud of ourselves, regardless of the jobs we do. You do something, they thank you, and you're like, wow, there are people who really appreciate what we do. The other thing is uh, I like the culture and the religious norms of Qatar. People are allowed to follow any religion they want. There are churches in Qatar, there are mosques everywhere you go. It is upon you to pray, meaning it is a godly country. It is a God-fearing country, and alhamdulillah for that. And uh, another thing is... Uh, free services like transportation on friday i'm always off and sometimes even if you have money in your pocket or not you're free to move because no one is going to charge you of transport the buses are there the trains the trams which is a different story in my country and i'm so glad god gave me this opportunity to experience it uh, the other thing is the infrastructure development. Sometimes I even wonder, you look, you see a very high building and like, oh my goodness, the roads, so amazing. And I'm so grateful. Then to the negative part of it, of course, everything has a good and bad side. So on the negative side, I don't like summer heat at all. <laughs> at times even I bleed through the nose because of the hotness. But of course we need money and you have to forego everything and focus on other things. Because that is the country, no one can change it. So another thing is uh, racism. I'm sorry to say so. In where I work, there is racism. For example, Africans are kind of segregated. At times, they tend to overload you with work. They think Africans are more energetic. They can do a lot of work compared to the Asians. And yet, at the end of the day, we earn same salary. So I feel it's unfair to us. 
and at times we are denied freedom of speech. At times they make us hate that job. Another thing is a low salary. Yes, money can be coming in time. I give them credit for that. But salary is still low. It's 1000 per month. We work under pressure. You need to do everything perfectly. When you mess up with only one mistake, sometimes they fire you, sometimes you scolded at. I feel they don't value the work we do. We need a salary increment for that issue. Uh, the other thing is a language barrier, mostly to the Asians. We might be speaking English, but it is very hard to explain to them what you want. At times they feel offended. One uh, challenge as well we always face it is loss of dear ones. It's very hard even if you would like to go back and grieve with your people. They will tell you your contract is not yet finished. If you're to ask for emergency, you have to pay for yourself. And yet we don't have money. Whatever money we get, we just send it there and then. So you be here. No one will understand what you go through. Even if, okay, they will come and say sorry, but deep inside, no one will understand. No one will, like, it's very hard just now because I lost a very big person in my life. My sister was my everything. She was like a mom. So I'm trying as much as I can to help her kids. A lot of people are going through, I'm sorry to say it, but it's hell. You may think you're in a, a difficult moment, but just know people are going through a lot. And I believe there is light at the end of the tunnel. Because you might see right now darkness, but if you have faith and you're, you're focused, you know what you want, of course you will achieve it. Stay calm. I know I'm not in a better place. This is not the, the place I would love to be. But alhamdulillah, um, at least not where I was. And I'm happy for myself. But all credit goes to my mom because she told us to be patient, to be humble, and to love God. That's the most important thing. But life still, as I say, has to go on.